Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. There's a shortage of this, shortage of that, shortage of this. And there's a shortage of work. You see that around town? Every, I mean, every business around. Help. That's my message for Sunday, but not tonight. But but what what really uh, I find extraordinary because I uh, am a car guy, right? Been in the car business for a long time. Have you driven by any of the car new car dealerships? Drive by McCurry's. There's nothing on the lot. We're I mean, we're used to having them stacked up and stacked up and stacked up, right? right. There are no new cars. You know why? Chips. They are they're a shortage on computer chips. Yep. That's because they're building seven billion of them. Just kidding. But I, I mean, everything is a shortage of, of everything. But what we need to be careful of is there I, I was as they were saying and as brother Brian was leading us in songs and I thought man I there's a scripture in the Bible that says and something about in the last days and there would be a hunger and a as it were some kind of a shortage for the word of God amen amen I don't want to be in that category amen if there was ever a time that we need to get serious about the book. Amen. It's it's now. Hallelujah. Do you agree with that? Amen. Sure. Amen. All right. We're going to call your attention uh, to the book of First Timothy, and First uh, Timothy chapter one. We're going to read eight verses eighteen through twenty. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> Listen to this. This is just a found it so powerful. So says, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, or fight a good fight. He said, man, it's been prophesied about you from, we don't know how old he is here, but he said, Paul said, hey, there was prophecies about you, son coming to this place in your life and he says I'm just reminding you that everything that was said about you is to bring you to a time for right now to fight a good warfare Amen. Yeah. 19 holding faith and a good conscience which some having put away concerning their faith have made shipwreck yeah. Yeah. and let Listen, Paul here. Right? They're shipwrecked. He says, of whom is, I'll just say, Hyman and Alex, whom I, listen to this, who I have delivered into Satan. Whoa. I don't know about you. Okay? But this is telling me, I don't want to get shipwrecked. Right? I don't want to. 
I don't want to do a shipwreck thing, okay? And so <clears throat> with that, I would like to speak to you from this setting here. And uh, title is simply, Does Your Ship Sail? Does your ship sail? Should have a, I don't know if they, uh, if you find a couple of photos, Ryan, okay. Um, there, but there are two words here that really got my attention. Faith and conscience. Okay? Faith we know, right? Everybody knows what faith is, right? Amen. What is it? <laughs> there you go. Amen. Brother Jeff passes the first test. There you go. <clears throat> what is conscience? Awareness. Okay. Here, where what is really talking about is your moral compass. Your moral compass. And how many think it probably is pretty important to always know what direction you should go? Amen. Because and then if you're not going in the right direction. Amen. You have the uh, ability to make a slight adjustment. You know, on it, on a one of those big uh, ships, they have them now that that uh, the capacity is like almost seven thousand people on one of those ocean liners. And they tell me that 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 little steering wheel, which the Bible talks about, a little wheel steers a big ship, right? Yeah. That they just if if they turn it just a degree. Just one degree, and it can change that course. I mean, destination and in like miles, and we wouldn't think so too. So, just little minor changes, right? And our if your compass is off a little bit, if you're if you don't have clear direction, and you know we we I think uh, brother Mark, I'll get to you here in just a minute, but. I think we all have an inbred awareness of right and wrong. I personally think that. I mean, even kids, all right? Even kids, as they, you know, as they grow up, they know pretty much, they pretty much know without being told, right, if they're in trouble or not. Any kids agree with me there? Right, Cooper, thank you, Cooper. You, you passed the second test. I knew it could count on him. Amen. Uh, Brother Mark, go ahead. Just a quick note. Runners nowadays and the really big monsters are about half the size of that wall. Floor to ceiling. <clears throat> and props are nearly that big too. Three or four or more on the back. <clears throat> How many of you ever had an exciting boat ride? Uh, <laughs> Brother... Uh, Ryan, I, I think I, I don't know what photo. Oh, there's a cardboard boat. There you go. I was on my little river walk here, only I was going on a different, uh, different planet. I was going to Bateman Island, okay? This particular walk. And there was a bunch of, there was a bunch of kids out there and they all built cardboard boats. And of course, you know, it got my attention. So there are Boy Scouts. And I said, well, there, there is no way. And they had like uh, four people in this one here. And I'm thinking, there's no way a cardboard boat is going to float. 
And so they had, I think they had four or five of them out there, and they, they set a, uh, a real boat about 100 yards out, and you had to go around, the contest was, in order to, you know, prove the stability and the floatability of your boat, you had to go around the boat and come back to shore. And it was quite comical to see some of these kids out, they didn't get 10 feet out and the boat sank, of course. <laughs> that boat right there, it made it all the way around. Made out of cardboard. How many of you would trust that ship? No. So I for maybe Bateman Island, okay? Hi, can you imagine, can you imagine the boat that Noah had to build? He built that boat because God had given him the correcto instructions. In fact, it says he pitched it on the inside and pitched it on the outside. And that boat, he spent a hundred years building because he wanted to save in particular. God said, no, bring you and all your family come in. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that. But that was a boat. In fact, I'd probably be safe in saying there's never been another boat quite like that one. So anybody had an exciting boat ride? Cooper, you have? Well, tell me about it. Um, Lake Chelan. Lake Chelan. Why did you go fast? Did you tip over or what? Yeah, I went fast and tip over. Of course, my dad was driving. Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, uh, Brother Mark? Uh, Kelly and I had one here a few years back. Of course, he's had many more than I've had, but when we went out to Columbia Bar on one of those fishing yachts that they get for salmon, and what, I mean, the more amazing thing is, <clears throat> yes, you're afloat, you're never in danger of sinking, but you watch trawlers go by that are 150 feet long, slicing through at pretty fast ratios, and you're thinking, wow, if you get by one of those, your toes will never fight. Yeah, I, uh, here uh, a few years ago, I uh, did the white water rafting trip down the River of No Return. You know what <laughs> river that is? The Salmon River. And uh, it was it it was quite the, it was quite the journey. I mean, there were several times when we went all the way under. And uh, so that was fun. You're gonna talk. Hey, whoa! Where did we come from? Who is those people? Who? That is Sister Natalie, Sister Alicia, and Sister Corey. Right? There they are, man. A boat ride. Well, Sister Kathleen, the most exciting boat ride that we have, you know, okay, I'm not a I'm not a boat person. You ever tried to back up a, a boat trailer in the water? Anybody done? It, were you successful? No. I was not. <laughs> I was like, so <laughs> Kathleen and I, before we got married, we went everywhere. We went to, we got snowed on, Yellowstone, and all that kind of good stuff. So Sandra was born, 
In fact, before she had been born, went to Jerusalem. Kathleen never flown on an airplane. She said, ah, no big deal. So we went to Israel and all over. So Shandra was born, and six weeks? How about six weeks old? Ah, we, you know, I mean, we're not going to stop. We let kids stop this, right? So I had a friend of mine said, uh, he came into the dealership one time, and, and uh, he had been fishing in Lake Kootenai and up in Canada. And I said, really? He said, oh, yeah, and great place. You, I mean, lake's like giant, and there's like giant fish in there. And I said, well, I'm going. And so Chandler's six weeks old, and so we go, we find a place, and I rent a boat. 14-footer. So. Yeah, whatever it was, and <laughs> this lake's like, 150 miles long and you know a million miles wide and uh, we put Shandra six weeks old right we put her in the buggy seat you know back then they, they didn't have much for security so we drop her in the bottom of the boat and off we go well this lake is huge and uh, I don't know we we're probably out there a couple hours and a ferocious storm came up. I mean, we're talking that I had to meander around logs, right? Not little pieces of wood. We're talking logs. And it got really bad and got really scary. And finally, we, you know, we almost made it to shore and we had to have some, uh, some helpers. We had to call and these guys, we tossed them a rope and they had to haul us in. What was you thinking? So, so we got to remind Chandra of that every once in a while. It, we, you know, we just took her out and we had fun. But there, uh, we're, what I want to talk though about, you know, we read that scripture to you on uh, shipwreck, and we're going to talk about some very important ships in your life tonight. Okay, important ones. Mark Twain, I think this is up there also. Uh, Brother Ryan is saying, Mark Twain said this. He says, he said. Uh, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than those you did. So throw off the bowline, sail away from safe harbor, catch the wind in your sails, explore, dream, and discover. One man said this, your soul is an eternal ship in a dangerous sea. Really? And so... We're, we're going to does Does your ship sit? Our lives were not meant to be tied up on a dock. Even in today's world, as, you know, I don't want to use the word scary, but I'll use the word scary, okay? As scary as a lot of people think today's world is, and they want to kind of isolate, they want to shut themselves off and protect, go in a survival stage. I personally do not believe the church was ever, ever, ever designed to go into a survival stage, ever. And so our lives are kind of like a ship. 
We were not meant to be tied to a dock. We were meant to set sail. We were meant to go out on the open seas. We are meant to be movers of the gospel. You still believe that? Yes. Amen. We are the world's hope. We are the you are the world's message. Amen. Yeah. And uh, so I like what this this uh, writer said though, and I don't know who it was, but he said, Your soul is an eternal ship in a dangerous sea. I think we all can agree on one thing tonight, and that is, I do not want my faith to suffer shipwreck. Anybody agree with that? A couple of hands. Now we got three, four. There we go. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. I don't want my faith to be shipwrecked. And... So, there are so many ships we could chat about tonight, but I've chosen what I believe are, at least to me, in my opinion, my three most important ships that I want to make sure that are sailing well and everything is secure. And the first one I want to talk about tonight is this. I believe... I believe our number one ship is our relationship. Amen. All right. That's right. You know why I believe that? I believe that because that I I believe that life really is is simple. It can be encapsulated into the context that Jesus broke it down to as he was asked the question. They said, Master, what is the great commandment? He says, what is it? What's the great commandment? And of course, what was the answer? It was to love God with everything that is within you. Amen. To build a relationship with God. And I tell, you know, I, I teach, I told people, I says, life, you know, life's purpose in my, you know, to me, is not a struggle. It's to love God with everything that I've got and then to love you as you as God loves me. Doesn't get any simpler than that. And so I believe that my most important ship that needs to absolutely make sure that it is in sailing condition and is ready to go out in that open sea is my relationship. Because if my relationship with God is good, and my relationship with my brother is good, I really don't care what happens. Amen. You know what I'm saying? I'm fine. Really, I believe that. If, if I'm right with God, and I'm right with my brother, then I got it right. Sure, come on, preach it, yeah. And uh, and I think I think we all you know we we all understand that it, the great commandment: love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. 
The second is love your neighbor as yourself. Now listen to this and you tell me how important this is. Jesus said on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. What does that mean? Bible scholars? What, what, what does that mean? Anybody throw their hand up? Brother Jonathan. If you love God, you will do what He tells you to do. If you're... I mean, those two things is everything... All of that Word of God, I believe, everything that is written there is simply trying to get you to, number one, come to a knowledge of God. And then once you understand who He is, to fall in love with Him in such a degree that your entire life's focus becomes on seeking Him first. Because if I seek Him first, what does the Bible tell me? I don't got to worry about what shoes I'm going to wear or the socks I'm going to wear. I don't have to worry about if it's Domino's or Pizza Hut. It's all going to come my way. Amen. And so, and you could call it, listen, your relationship, I, you could call it your battleship. It's the one that's leading the way, folks. It's the one that sets sails before anything else because that ship has got to sail before any other boat even matters. Until I get right with God, it don't matter if I have a cargo ship that is filled. Because that, my relationship, my standing with God and my standing with men, okay? That ship has got to sail. It has got to be the leadership out there. You can call it your battleship. You can call it your warship. You can call it your worship. It's got to lead the way, man. That thing, I've got to, I've got to cut the ropes on that thing every morning. And I've got to make sure that that baby is sailing. And when I am out in the open seas and meet the storms of life, my relationship compass always must be pointed in the right direction. It's got to be pointed this way first. Because, you know, if you, if you, you can't grow this way until you grow this way. Amen. And the more you grow in your walk with God, the more you're going to grow in loving the world. But you cannot give what you do not have. And man, I'm telling you, how, how, how far can you grow? How, what's the limits? What can you do? What can you do? And, and it, it is my relation. You ever, listen to me, have you ever not been in right standing with God or your neighbor? Have you, 
have you ever had that feeling of, of uh, oh man, I don't want, I hope I don't see that person today? Seriously. You ever been there? Oh, I'm telling you. That is your moral compass that is being called in question. And the last time I read, God said, I don't want your gift until you get that one right. See, that's a, really, I'm telling you, folks, because if, if, that, if that ship's not, if that ship has got holes in the boat, right, you're going to have problems. Storms are going to come, and you're, you're going you're gonna to have problems. But if that ship is sailing, I'm telling you, and I, I'm, not, I'm just telling you from experience, if my, if my relationship with God is right and my relationship with, with family and, and everybody else, if my relationship with you is right, I'm telling you, when I walk in here, I'm feeling good. Yeah, yeah. But if I got to walk into church and sidestep somebody, oof. That is not a very good thing to have happen in church. No, it's not. Let alone out on the open sea. Yeah. Your that relationship that that is a that is a, an important. All right, and then the other part of that your relationship with your family. Oh boy, here recently, I, uh, I was aware of a situation with a, with a, a younger, younger kid. Not right, man. Not right. I said, your, your relationship outside of God, your relationship, in fact, your relationship with God is going to absolutely compel you to have a good relationship with your family. Amen. Because if that's out of line, how are you, how are you going to operate in the open seas of life? Yeah. Oh man, if I, if I got a problem with my brother or with my sister or with my wife or with whomsoever, that you know what? I'm not sailing very good today. That boat's not going to, that boat certainly isn't going to fly. Um, you, are you with me? Amen. How about your relationship with your neighbors? <laughs> yeah? All right, Brother Jeff, shoot. A neighbor did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I saw him down. Uh, they shot your dog? Shot our dog, killed our duck. Uh, and so anyway, put, put glass on the, in the road between our property and his so our dogs wouldn't go onto his uh, weed patch. But um, 
planted a little tree uh, in his dirt road. So you killed it? <laughs> no. Just kidding. And he, he had a little trough coming off of one of my sprinklers to water his little tree. And so, and, uh, so I saw him down, down that tree, and Easton and I were in the car, so I drove over there and ran out to him and said, hey, Mr., I won't say his name, might be related to you. <laughs> and I said, hey, I know how valuable that tree is to you. I'm gonna put in sprinkler lines in here. You want me to put one in and put a drip line in for your tree? Oh, no, 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 you don't have to do that. But uh, anyway, it took every bit of Holy Ghost I had to be that way to There him. you go. Amen. 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 But vengeance is mine, save the Lord, right? That's right. I'll probably end up with his property when it's all said. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and really, you know, that's the thing is, is it? You cannot be responsible for how people treat you. If they're holding ought against you, that's their problem. My, the power that I have is to forgive them and not, you know, put the ball in their hands. If they're going to live life like that, that's their baby, not mine. But I'm not going to carry that thing around. Come on. Amen. Because when I carry that thing around, then it interferes with this thing. Yeah. And I don't want anything interfering with that one. No. Amen. That's that's a great that's a great story, Jeff. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. And I, I just made a note here. This ship sells on forgiveness. That's, that's what makes that baby sell, man. How many times do I have to forgive my brother? Well, let me put it this way. Let's count how many times God has forgiven you. Uh, let's see. No, I think it was twice. Right? All right, so three times. I mean, how many times do I have a... Do, is it legal? Do I have a license to hold bitterness in my heart toward people? Do I have a license for that? Now, forgiveness is, is what makes that shift sell. Forgiveness. Amen. I, I believe that the relationship is the deal maker or breaker. I have witnessed way too many people down through the years become bitter and live a life of anguish because that they could not make things right with a person. Not a good thing. Amen. My relationship, it is my battleship, it is my warship, it is my leadership, it is my flagship, that my soul is sailing into eternity. And so is yours. Number two, you might think, well, really? My number two ship is your passenger ship. Who is on board? 
Who are you accountable for to make sure they reach the other side? Who's on your ship? Who are you accountable for? Who are you responsible for? You know, hey, you might, if you're young and single, enjoy it. Because really, for the most part, you're just accountable for uno one Okay? But when you get married, okay, things change. And then when you have children, oh boy, did you know that when you get married, that you are accountable for each other? It should be our goal in life if we're married. No kids yet. should be our goal in life to make sure that that companion reaches the other side. And then when we have children, guess what, Dad? Now, who is on your ship? Your wife and your children become your responsibility spiritually. One, okay? You got to provide for them. But I'm talking about spiritually. You're, you, have, you are responsible to make sure that your family gets to the other side. And my goodness here, the last few years, it, it's just been crazy. And, and I'm, I'm really talking to parents here more than anything, but, but parent, do you know where your son is at? on that ship? Do you know what they're going through? Do we know what our brothers are going through or our sisters are going through? Siblings, hello? We are responsible. Listen, that passenger ship is sailing the open seas. We can only pray and hope that Dad has the helm of that boat and that his moral compass is in working order. Because if he doesn't have a moral compass pointing straight north, that ship's in trouble. Because he's not going to be able to give wise counsel to the souls that are sailing into eternity. Well, I'm serious, man. Your, your soul is on the high seat to eternity. It is your parents' responsibility when your children to make sure that you are safely on board and you are sailing in a good manner. And I'm going to say this, and I know, you know, we know what it's like being parents. We have some, not quite parents, but they get close. Here's the deal. Children, listen to me. Your dad is doing his best and your mother is doing her best. Your dad is, is steering the boat of that ship. He is watching what is out in front. And when you cause a problem in the family and his attention has to be turned off of that for a second, I want you to know that it, it, it can alter the course of the ship. 
I know what it's like when you have a when you have a, a child that you know that is starting to go down, you know, start to have problems and your attention goes to them. And if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you are sailing out in that open sea of dangerous waters and you don't know what's coming on. And I'm just saying, kids, you gotta you you're in this thing. You gotta help your parents. You gotta be the best kids that you can be so that they don't have to turn their attention off the the, the real thing, and that is getting you across that sea. And here's one. The husband and wife thing on that passenger ship, is it in working order? Do the kids see something they like or dislike? Just saying. Does your passenger ship dock at regular intervals for church? I'm saying it, yeah. I'm saying <laughs> been there. Know what it's like that for both to work full time jobs and get off at five o'clock and get off at six o'clock and boom, run, take the kids and be at church at seven o'clock for Kirby. Know what it's like. Good for you. And pick up people in these fast go on away. Kids are saying, Dad, who is this guy? Oh, yeah. Had some good ones. <clears throat> How many of you believe it's important that out there on the, you got you, you to make a pit stop at the dock? Yeah. Amen. Number three, I put down fellowship. Comes from a Greek word, I can't pronounce it. But what it means is working together and caring for one another as a company of people, a unified body of people of equal rank, sharing a common faith. It identifies joint participation, sharing, and contribution. That's what fellowship means. In fact, might surprise you that that's found in Acts, the second chapter, verse number 42. comes just a couple of verses after the message. After the first message and 3,000 were added to the church, the Bible says they were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to, number one, the instruction of the apostles. Number two, fellowship. And number three, prayer. That's what fellowship is. Fellowship to us, it is a unified, joint effort of like-minded believers supporting and caring one for another and trying to add to the church daily. 
That's what we do, folks. I hope you agree with that. Amen. So, how many of your boats are sailing the seas tonight? How many are dry dock needing repairs? Is your relationship at dock got a few holes in it need repaired? Because if you set it out there on the open seas, it's going to sink. Your passenger ship? Whoo, man. And fellowship. Basically it is God, your family, and the church. And I... I, I really do, I, I believe, as the, the leader, as the pastor of this church, as far as the fellowship, right? Wow. Y'all got it. Y'all got it. I mean, really do. I mean, it doesn't matter the young, the old, the in-between, married, unmarried, New, been here for a while, but not. I, I honestly can say that that you have a spirit that is non-judgmental, that is in this thing for the right thing, and that is for you to get right with God and to encourage other people to get right up there alongside of you. And when times when the storms come in life, that's when we really need to be there one for another. Amen. All right. We're going to ask you to stand. I'm going to, I'm going to read uh, this old song in closing and then we'll pray. All right. This, this is called The Old Ship of Zion. Anybody ever heard of that song? says, I was standing on the banks of the river looking out over life's troubled sea when I saw that old ship that was sailing is that old ship of Zion I see. Its hull was bent and battered from the storms of life I could see. Waves were rough, but that old ship kept sailing. Is that old ship of Zion I see. At the stern of the ship stood the captain, I could hear as he called out my name. Get on board. It's the old ship of Zion. It will never pass this way again. As I stop, as I step on board, I'll be leaving all my sorrows and heartaches behind. I'll be safe with Jesus the captain, sailing out on the old ship of Zion. Amen. That is, that is the church. We are sailing those seas, friends. And it is going to get a little bit rougher. Going to get a little bit rougher out there. Amen. I will do my very, very best to make sure the fellowship part works. You got to do your best to make sure that your passengership works. And then we all as individuals 
got to make sure that our relationship works. And I'm convinced that if all three of those are in working order, we're going to have, God's going to send us a great harvest of souls. And we're going to experience a revival. Amen. Even in today's world. Praise God. Amen. Why don't we lift our hearts here. Hallelujah. One more time. Glory to God. I'm going to ask Sister Reyes if she'll pray, please. Amen. See, now she knew how to pronounce the word. Yes. Say that again, please. There you go. I can't spell it. That's what Chuck missed her name is the organization. Yes. 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 Yes.